Hello and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Manuel, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series where I bring together the Black women every single day for the month of February, and it's always a fantastic conversation. In today's episode, I'm delighted to have Bria Washington, who is a sports marketing manager at Coca-Cola, and she has a, an awesome story to tell. Um, you're going to really enjoy it, so I sit back and listen to what her story. So, hey, Bria. Hello. How are you? <laughs> you know, interviewing people like crazy, but simple stuff. Right. Love it. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, And as it works, first question is always the same. The answers are always hilarious. I really think yours is going to be a good one. So to kick this all off, what was your first job? (laughs) Well, happy to be um, on this as well, Lauren. My first job out of college um, was a group sales assistant with Atlanta United. Um, not something I planned on doing. Um, I did play soccer at the University of Georgia, so definitely had my sights set on playing professionally. Um, but injuries and my knees had something else to say about that. So, um knew I kind of had to switch gears and figure out what's next for me. And although I wasn't sure what career path I wanted to take yet, I knew I definitely wanted to be close to sports, close to soccer in some way. Um, And I graduated um, December 2016. So the MLS team in Atlanta was launching that next year in 2017. So it was the perfect timing for me to get in the door with that club um, in their inaugural season. So it was, it was perfect. Wow. So you literally was like, Hey, I love sports. I'm going to actually get a job in sports. It actually worked. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Easy peasy. That that is pretty freaking amazing. So, okay. So you get this first job. And now you have this really awesome job at Coca-Cola. So what was that journey like to get there? Yeah, that journey was um, very interesting, to say the least. Um, You know, started off in group sales and had some really great experience with that team, had an incredible boss, um, but knew that sales wasn't the route I wanted to take as I continue to grow in my career and on this journey. Um, so another opportunity came about on the service side where I would help our sweet clients at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, at Atlanta United matches and, uh, and Atlanta Falcons games and, you know, third party events. So that was, um, a change of pace for sure, but definitely something I felt more comfortable doing because I got to interact with different people, different companies, um, helping, helping them set up their suite and making, any type of event that they were hosting um, memorable um, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And it really allowed me to just start building relationships, especially when it came to repeat um, events and games and matches, having that repeat clientele and just to network with them, have the have these relationships to build on. Um, it It's definitely where I was like, I know as I continue to grow in my career, I know I want to be in something where I'm – working with people, building relationships, um, helping them create these memorable experiences. So, you know, as I was going through that process, 
I was able to work within different departments at the company. That's what I loved about working at Arthur um, and Blank Sports and Entertainment, um, where they really do allow you to, you know, you have your role, but you can definitely kind of branch out and experience different departments and help out on short-term assignments just to see, um, you know, if there's anything else out there for you and just to help you grow. So during that process, I saw myself gravitating towards the partnerships team. I dabbled in digital a bit. I dabbled in marketing a little bit. Um, but partnerships was definitely the team that I knew I wanted to be on and in the industry that I wanted to really start my career in. Because at this point, I was really still kind of a an assistant um, and not really in a full-time role yet. So um, was looking at internally at joining the corporate partnerships team, um, helping out brands, um, you know, how they, how they utilize Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta United to not only help build their brand or help amplify what they're doing, but vice versa as well. Um, and building those relationships um, w- with those clients. So, you know, I was looking internally, looking externally, because um, obviously if there was nothing that opened up at um, AMBSC, I would want to go find um, an opportunity elsewhere um, to kind of fit my needs at that moment. And, you know, I was ready for that next challenge and that next opportunity. So I went um, and started interviewing and my and my boss was very supportive of it at the time. And um, I actually ended up getting a job um, or offer with U.S. soccer and in Chicago. And so I'm an only child. So that was, you know, not the best news for my mother to hear me moving up north um, away, away from her. Um, but it, it was good to, you know, come back and, you know, my parents were definitely excited for me and, and start, um, thinking about this move and, you know, again, a situation where I'm still close to soccer cause that's what I'm passionate about. Um, but then, um, news, news got around to some in, internal folks at AMBSE and, um, they actually ended up offering me an opportunity, um, to stay with the company at Atlanta United and, and that's, not something I could pass up at all. Just being able to still be in my hometown, be a part of something bigger than myself with this inaugural MLS team um, and be around people that I already knew I was very comfortable with and and had my best interests and and have been have supported me since I graduated and, and started my very first role with the company. So I accepted that role and Things really took off from there. I just I had a lot to learn, and and I said I wanted a challenge, and I definitely got that. Um, but it, it, what I loved about this team too that they were really already a family. Um, our boss at the time, um, she was an incredible leader. She, um, you know, having a female boss. This was my first female boss too, um, and she definitely challenged us every day with what we were doing with our partners. Um, Always wanted to be in the know of kind of what we're doing and how she could support and was a huge advocate for us inside the company as well to showcase what we're doing has a direct tie to revenue and helping this company grow as well. So it was great to have her um, first female boss, first full-time role to help me navigate this. Um, 
And just during this time on the partnerships team, having a range of partners in the alcoholic beverage industry, um, Fortune 500 companies, um, just a range of industries. I, I could go a lo- <laughs> on all day on the di- types of partners I had. You'd, you'd be surprised. But um, it was great, too, because in this role, I got to understand different types of industries and and what drives revenue from them and what's important to them and how they show up in the digital world and things like that. And, and the partnerships team, too, you're really able to work. It's probably one of one of the if not the one department that you're you get to work or touch every other department because when you're in that role you're built when you see the asset list um you know our sales sales side of the of the corporate partnership team you know gives us these 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 clients then we take it from there and help execute whatever was agreed upon in their deal so you know whether that's experiential um social digital um, certain marketing efforts, um, you know, we have to meet and collaborate internally with everyone to help bring these assets to life in a really cool and unique way. So that was special too, because you know, you're you your head's down, you're on, you're in this partnership role, but really, like, you get to touch everything. So, um, you know, and during this process, I definitely. We considered ourselves um, marketeers for sure. Um, you know, we're advocating not only on behalf of Atlanta United, obviously, but on behalf of the partner too, and bringing both brands together to really make an impact in the community um, and in the world. You know, and, and Coca-Cola was a huge partner in that when it came to sustainability and working with us. Um, you know, to help Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, be a you know a waste-free facility, um, and then vice versa. You know, sustainability is uh, probably one of the top, if not the top, priority for Coca-Cola um, in this in this world. So, you know, ha- working on initiatives like that was important and huge, and you know, it definitely kind of opened your eyes of like you know what's next for me. And you know, I started to get promoted on the partnerships team and you know, continue to grow and learn. But again, you know, you get to a point where you kind of hit a wall. And for me, I felt like I did hit a wall. And I was like, you know, what's what's next for me now? Because I feel like I've touched the ceiling here. And and obviously, it kind of depends on your mentality on if you want to stay in a role and if you feel like there's more to learn and grow. But I just for me personally, I was like, I've done this role for three years now. I feel good about what I've done, but, you know, I'm ready for that for that next step um, and that next challenge. Um, And I definitely think that's due to my soccer career starting as a kid and and growing up and things that I've been through to always want to be challenged and want to be uncomfortable. Um, And and, then that's how you do grow. So uh, Coca-Cola was one of my partners at Atlanta United. Um, knew some of the leadership there um, and, you know, my direct contacts there at the time to a great guy and talked to him a little bit about his role at Coke, Coca-Cola as a company and switching from, you know, from the team side to the brand side. Um, I think I was definitely ready for that. And, and, and Coke has always kind of been on my radar. Coke and Visa, those companies that, 
you see that really have a tie in the soccer space, whether, you know, they sponsored the U.S. and U.S. women's and men's national team or a partner of FIFA. Um, you know, those are the opportunities that I was looking at, because, again, I know I'll be happy uh, and be able to really have my passions shine through what I do if um, I stay close to the game that I love. So, you know, went through the, another process of interviewing um, and and talking with different companies and, you know, de- definitely wanted to keep an open mind as well. You know, I wasn't set on working for a company that has to have a soccer tie. You know, that would be the cherry on top for me. But um, I, you know, I interviewed at, again, a, a range of industries. And um, when I finally interviewed with Coke and got that call that I got the job on the sports marketing team, I was through the roof, like just honored, blessed. Um, and I, I, at the time, I honestly didn't know what properties I would have at Coke. You know, you get the role of sports marketing, but you're, you're not really sure what exactly you'll be working on until you, you know, first day in the door and you meet with your manager. And then that's kind of when you find out, you know, what, what exactly will I be doing? Um, and I know in my interview process, I definitely echoed the fact of my passion for soccer. Um, <laughs> and so my boss, you know, you know, sat me down on probably like my second day there and was like, we're going to give you MLS and FIFA as your properties. And my jaw kind of just hit the floor and um, Amazing. I was, yeah, super blessed because he listened to me in my interview and understood where I was coming from um, or understand, understood where I came from and what I could offer to the company through that passion. So him giving me um, two, of, two of the largest soccer properties um, for North America was was incredible. So and, and that's pretty much my journey of how I got to Coca-Cola today. That's amazing. I love how like you had a singular purpose, soccer, <laughs> uh, and and literally built that career, which is so rare and so awesome that you were able to do that. Um, because I think sometimes folks are like, well, you know, I have to jump here, jump there, jump there, and everywhere. But it's like you took this really unique path, but it was always sort of undergirded by the fact that like you love this amazing sport. Um, yes. It's what you care about the most, and when I can find jobs that are adjacent to that, that's where I'm going to go. And I think it's beautifully rare to see that uh, you were able to actually achieve that. And so I took my hat for you because that's pretty freaking awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I think, you know, some advice my dad gave me was don't settle. And it's such it's two simple words, but it's it's so true because, you know, through the year of me interviewing at at different jobs, you know, I, I did receive two offers that weren't from Coke, you know, before the offer came and I turned them down because it's, I, I knew what I wanted for myself. I knew I wanted to be in marketing. I knew I wanted to be in sports. I knew I wanted to be close to soccer if possible. Cause that's where I know I'm going to be happy. Um, and so I just kept that in the back of my mind and, you know, some people might look at me crazy of like, you turned down what? But it's like, you know, it's like I, I I'm not the person that's just going to do a job just to do a job and, and get a check. I want to do something that's really meaningful. I want to do something where I can make a difference and, and do something where my passion shows through, because I think that's where great work is done. Um, but yeah. That's so awesome. So, you know, it's interesting because I think 
you know, women in sports, especially black women in sports, it's, you know, we hear all the horror stories. And I'm sure that along the way, it was probably not easy. So I'd love for you to kind of share a time where you had a challenge where you're like, there's no way I'm figuring this out. And then you did. <laughs> oh, I would say you mean every a, day. <laughs> right. I'm like, I have a few of those. Um, I think I, I the one I, I, I want to share is, you know, back um back with Atlanta United I will say it was like I said it was great to have a female leader that really advocated for us believed in us um but I I feel like people see it all the time you know that's not always the case with some female leaders you know um sometimes we feel like we have to compete with each other because there's there's not a lot of opportunities at the top for women in general, white women, black women, Asian women, like just women in general. So, you know, I, it definitely going through a situation where I felt like um, my talents were purposely being suppressed, um, where I wasn't, you know, wasn't getting the support that I needed from a leader, um, always feeling like it was like a competition and anything that I did was, you know, was wrong. And, and, and at some points even questioning my character when it's like, I will say it's always good to have email receipts (laughs) in the, in corporate America, um, to, to support you and back you up in certain situations. But I think when you're in situations like that, where, anyone wants to um dim your light or 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 kind of drag you down in any way um you can't let that get to you and you can only and again another just simple phrase but just so true is like you can only control what you can control and to lean on those that have shown their support and advocacy advocacy for you um through your journey at that company. So, you know, when I was going through that situation, that's pretty much what I did. I was like, I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to keep doing the work that I'm doing because my, my clients and my partners are happy with it and continue to build those relationships is that's not some, that's not something people can mess with. Um, And I I think as long as I stay true to myself, you know, that's all I can do. And and it's tough too, because when you're looking for that next role, you always kind of want your boss's support or um, any type of leadership support, because, you know, you never know when that next company can call and, you know, ask for, hey, who can we call to give us, you know, talk about how you've done and, you know, what you've done for the company and things like that. You, you definitely want people that can speak highly of you. Um, so you never want to burn a bridge either. There's definitely a way to kind of, you know, always stay professional and um, don't give them a reason to dim your light and drag you down because then it's just it's it looks bad on them anyway. And and people see that. So that and that's that's what I did. And I knew it's a situation that I had to get out of. And, and 
look for, you know, that next opportunity because I didn't want to be in a situation where anyone was not going to let me grow um, within the company. So, yeah, I mean, it it was definitely tough, but um, a lot of great lessons learned and something that I kind of carry with me through my entire career moving forward. Yeah. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I, I, I had similar in, in, in my previous lives. Um, and I know what that feels like. And it is like this heavy weight that you have because you're like, you're like can I live? <laughs> yes. You're just, you're just trying to do your work. And again, I think it's a uniquely awful position. I've been oftentimes um, um, placed in whereby like, you just want to simply exist and your very existence is a, is a threat to somebody else. Yes, um, exactly. And through no fault of your own and you, did, and you did nothing wrong, but it is, it is something that does happen. And, you know, I think it isn't talked about enough as it should be. That like, you know, there are many times in people's careers where for reasons that make zero sense to any rational thinking human being, Someone just assumes because you're you're there, you're out to get, you're out to take the job away, or you're out to make them look less smart. Again, yes. All, and again, it's all on them. It has nothing to do with you. But it can make you know work experiences extremely toxic and extremely fun. And it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. And that's the thing. It's like what you touched on is you know we obviously want to exist and and do our job, but you know, we and I've, you know, working with you, Laura, at at Coke and seeing how you don't just exist, but you go above that. Like, it's like we we not only just want to like exist in this corporate world, but we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be valued. Um, and, and I think that's definitely where we need to get to. Um, that's how I feel currently at Coca-Cola, which has been amazing. Um, and that what what I'm doing matters. So it's it's a great feeling, and to know that you know whenever you anyone out there that could be in the situation that I just described, and you're looking for that next opportunity, it's like you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you, and making sure it's the right situation that you're walking into, and they understand that you want to be seen, value, heard, um, and 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 help make a difference in this company, and not just exist. Um, but you want people to know you and recognize you. So, yeah. It's, it's really, it's really, really true. And, you know, and I think, thank you for saying that. And I think it's, you know, like when you get to be in positions, like obviously I have a big job, it is very important that you find as bright a light. So folks kind of like, hey, like, where is over here? Come on through. It's like, <laughs> I, come join. Um, and I'm not, I'm not making clothes off. And I've always tried to do that. And everything I do is it's like, Hey, listen, I have these awesome opportunities. I have these things like come through um, because like that helps. Because I know wherever you've got to, you've had to overcome some crazy foolishness. And yes. and so therefore, no one had to say, you know, well, my ride was amazing and nothing went wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, lying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> so you get like, it's not going to be real. Um but the thing you have to always remember is the importance of kind of staying who you are and not changing to be somebody else, but also like 
don't take that trauma with you. Like that happened exactly. um, and don't let that turn you into somebody else. Um, um, and I think that oftentimes folks are like, well, what do I do? Like, yeah, don't repeat what you just saw. Right. <laughs> like, Simple as that. Just don't do that. Here's <laughs> we're not going to do that. Uh, and it's fine. Um, so I'm sure, you know, looking back on how far you've, you've been able to come and your rise has been so awesome at such a young age. What do you think you'd tell 18-year-old Bria? Ooh. <laughs> hmm. I think what I'd tell 18-year-old Bria um, is that, you know, at that age, soccer isn't my identity. Um, I was pretty devastated when I got through college and figured out I, I could not play pro, you know, due to injuries. Um, and that tore me apart. And, but looking where I'm at now and still in a position where I can make a difference in this game and for women in this sport and still be close to it. That's what I would tell 18 year old Bria. It's like, don't let soccer be your complete identity. Um, explore other things that kind of make your heart race, make you excited because that's all stuff I'm learning now later on in life that, you know, again, yes, I'm passionate about soccer, but and I'm I love sports, though. You know, I love building relationships. I love creating a difference in the community with the platforms that have been given to me to to manage. So that's what I would tell H.O. Bria, because I think throughout college, I had that same mindset of like, it's all about soccer. This is what I'm doing when I get out of college. And I think I cut myself off to certain opportunities that I think honestly would have better set me up for opportunities coming out of college. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, any athletes out there that that sport doesn't define you. Um, and obviously it's a big love of yours and a big part of, of what you do and, for certain athletes that get full-time scholarship, it's like why you go to college, but um, it's definitely not who you are. And um, don't let anyone tell you that that's who you are because I, you know, D1 sports, honestly, any college athletics, any school is very demanding, um, but you definitely have to take time to find yourself and other passions that you might have. So yeah, that's what I would tell my 18 year old self. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. I think it's, I think it's incredible advice. Again, you know, sometimes folks think that, oh my God, my life is over at age 22 if I haven't solved everything that I've read right now. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, you'll be fine. You will be fine. <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, so obviously you have a big job. You're very busy. You travel a bunch. What in the world do you do for your self-care? My self-care is all about, um, again, <laughs> Being a prior athlete, you know, I love to work out. That's how I start my day, um, getting up early, getting a good workout in. And that's kind of where I feel my best and feel more focused when that happens and, and not so sluggish. So I love working out. 
I love spending time with my family and friends. I'm so close to my parents, uh, my immediate family that lives here in Atlanta, um, you know, my fiance that I live with, and then all my friends here in Atlanta as well. It's just that time with the people that I love the most. Um, I know the quality time apparently is my love language. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's my mental break when I just need to decompress, um, getting time with family and friends, um, going on trips with friends, and then definitely, you know, getting a workout in. You know, I probably work out six days a week, um, but definitely like to start my day with it, um, get the juices flowing, get the mind going, and then kind of ready to attack the day, as we say at the University of Georgia. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, six days a week. No, that's practice for you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, um, I think it'll have to be really training for something really important for me to actually commit to six days right. a week. <laughs> so I just, Fair. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a seven three, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, do? Don't get me wrong. Some of those workouts are like a cute hot girl walk, you know? It's not, you know, it's not some okay. <laughs> intense hit workout every day. That's, I count that as a workout too. I'm just going for a little stroll. <laughs> so it's not 50 burpees before you actually have your first cup no. of coffee. Mm-mm. Got it. No. Noted. <laughs> These things matter. These things do matter. Yes. <laughs> uh, and now, last question for you. Uh, do you have a Sorry. give or an ask of the audience? So that can be anything like, hey, so here's some, here's some good advice I once read somewhere. Here's a book I read. Um, here's my wish for you all. Like, it can be anything you want. Ooh. Yes, I would say my ask of the audience is to always give back where you can to the younger generation that's coming after us now because the people that I respect and appreciate the most are the ones that have the busy schedules, um, you know, have a busy personal lives and give a lot to their family as well, but make time to talk to, to network, to connect with the younger generation that's reaching out. Um, to learn more about them and what they do. Cause honestly, it, it, it really is a sign of, of admiration and that you're doing something right. And I know that's definitely helped me to get where I am today of people just answering my LinkedIn message or my text or my call to talk about certain things um, and things that I, I don't know, but I, I want to know more about and sharing that knowledge with me. So, um, and that's something that I, I take very seriously and, I like to do now when people just message me on LinkedIn or already have my information and just shoot me an email to connect because what I've been given to get where I am today, I, I want to give back to um, the next generation behind me. So yeah, that that would be my ask to the audience is just to really keep that in mind and, and, and give back um, where you can and when you can. Um, but yeah. Awesome. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's so important and so true. So I'm so glad that was your uh, uh, giving to the audience. So, yes. 
Uh, Bria, it has been an absolute delight having you on the podcast. Um, I adore you. Um, we'll put all I the adore you. Because you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're both awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, and we'll put all the details in the show notes, folks. So we reach out and connect with you on LinkedIn. Since yes. you spoke into existence. Please uh, do. <laughs> and um, and thanks for being part of 29 Days of Magic. It means a lot uh, that you took some time to do this. And that is our show.